Hello, beautiful. You are listening to Mind Body Clarity. I am Amber Price, and I help women just like you reclaim your personal power by developing your intuition so that you can align authentically to a lifestyle that you create and design through empowered choices. I am going to share tips and strategies to help you live in alignment with your authentic self and feel empowered to make decisions with clarity. Let's go. Hello, everybody. We are joined today by a very special guest, Mary Ann Kennedy, Canada's top psychic medium. And today is super special because we are going to be talking all about Mary Ann's new book, Advanced Mediumship. Welcome, Mary Ann. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited for our chat today. Me too. Me too. I'm very excited always to connect with you. So I was very fortunate because I read your first book, which was How to Become a Medium. Um, So your book, Advanced Mediumship, was just released last week. So I will definitely be getting a version delivered to my home to read that next. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Yes, it's Um, hot hot off the press. Very fresh. Yes, it's so exciting because, you know, as I was saying, there's so many people that want to learn more about mediumship. So mm-hmm. it, I guess in a, in a synopsis, what is this book about? What will people expect? Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, the first thing that I'll say is that um, because the book is hot off the press, it is my publisher is in the US. And of course, it's printed in the US. So um, I know lots of people have received their book now already in Canada and uh, in the UK as well. Um, but it's, it will be here very, very soon if it's not already. Um, but yeah, I mean, advanced mediumship, I've, you know, the, it's a, it's, it's a guide for, um, you know, the more advanced student medium or a new professional or the student medium that finds themselves on the precipice of stepping into professional work. Um, Mm -hmm. I've put it together, um, with that intention that it would be of service to those who one have read my first book. And then have done some practice in between then and now. Uh, my first book was published in 2015. So that, oh my wow. gosh, was like eight years oh, ago right. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That seems like, oh my goodness, time is flying by. Time flies. So that yeah. was 2015. So eight years later, um, we have, you know, the advanced book. And, you know, in my teaching practice, I teach weekly sort of circles with select groups of students. And, and I have online sort of work at your own pace programs that take you through the process of you know, beginning in psychic development and moving into early mediumship and then sort of intermediate mediumship and then advanced. And so, you know, I have all of these teaching structures in place for students to progress in their mediumship journey. Um, and I thought it was interesting because as we were putting together the sort of final iteration of this book, you know, I, I look and I say, well, we went from basic mediumship, how to become a medium to advanced mediumship. But, you know, what I what I say about it is, is exactly what I mentioned that, you know, the practice has to occur in between. And so half of the learning in mediumship is foundational, like understanding the nature of spirit, understanding technique, um, understanding how to open to spirit, how to translate their information, how to deliver it well. And then the other half is practice. You have to practice. It's the same concept, you know, 10,000 hours in the saddle. I mean, 10,000 hours toward anything to become, you know, maybe if that's what you're looking for, to be proficient at it, certainly to be a professional. So, um, you know, it may not be that exact number of hours, but it's that idea. So the, the thought behind the book is that you've read book one, you've participated in some circles, or you've done practice readings, and you're ready to bring, you know, your service as a medium to a higher level. 
to, to something that would look like the expectation of a professional, if you're ready to step into that realm, you know, and so I talk about a lot of things that are involved in a professional practice and what you need to develop in to get there. Yeah, that's amazing because people are are not understanding that when you want to, well, I mean, there's different levels of understanding, but with anything, like you say, you have to kind of apply it. You have to be able to be able to, you know, roll up your sleeves, get dirty with it and try to see what it feels like to you. And, and you're right. Like, I love that you pointed that out about learning how to receive it and identify what it means so you can communicate and understand that language. So this is going to be an exciting venture to read this because And I will tell you, it doesn't matter how proficient you are in something, reading your books and how you outline them, like how you put them together in the format, anybody can refresh, learn something new. So, I mean, it's not something that if you are in that space, this book isn't for you, because I do feel like you can always pick up something else, right? Just even hearing your own experience through it is, is amazing because it's nice to hear other people's journey too. I like that when I'm reading a book. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I love that you brought that up. And, and and you'll know, right? You know, Amber, that we all receive spirit differently. But one of the big things that surprises a lot of people, even those with experience in mediumship, perhaps not at a professional level, but at, at some level of, of, of learning, um, you know, it surprises people to know that the language of spirit is mostly symbolic. People often have expectations, whether you're a new student or you're just a, even a client, you know, or someone experiencing mediumship. People tend to think that spirit people, you know, walk into a room as if they have bodies with form, sit down, open their mouths, which they also don't have, and start talking to us, right? Yes. And if that's yes. the way that spirit transmitted information, then you know, everyone who does this work would have a, a live feed that sounded like this. Okay, you know, her name's Mary Christina. That's your mom, right? Your mom's name is Mary Christina. And her phone number was, you know, 416-555, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But that's not how the communication works. So yeah. as mediums, we have, <laughs> and I break it down like this in the book. I break it down, the total process, I break it down sort of into like three micro processes or micro steps. And and the, the first of which is input, right? You have to be able to be a similar vibrational match to spirit people in order to merge or blend with them so that you can receive information. You have to mix with them. You can't be like oil and water. You have to be of similar consciousness and you have to be like that in your ordinary life, but then you also have to know how to really ramp that up before you're actually sitting with a spirit person, right? So that preparation process. So that input is that first part of it. And then the part that surprises people is the the middle part, which is translation or processing right? Mm-hmm. Like we, they use terms of reference that mean things to us. They, they transmit sim- simple things like impressions, sometimes, you know, images, thoughts, feelings, but you know, it, as I said, most of the time it's not literal. We have to have a, this, this process factor or this deciphering factor that, you know, as mediums, as you become more and more experienced, you're able to decipher more, you're able to understand more nuanced information, you're able to process it more quickly. Um, and that, that part is like the most difficult part Um, I would say takes the most time for people. Um, That's where the, you know, the practice really matters is to, you have to go through, you know, 50 readings of not understanding what this thing meant until you find out what it did mean. Right. Um, And then the exception to that is if you sit in circles, I mean, I love in, you know, in the circles that I teach with groups of students, you know, my goal is to not only give them a venue for practice, but to have them learn from my experiences. So where it took me 50 readings to find out that red lipstick as a symbol meant this, you know, 
if that shows up for them, I can give them the answer to the translation immediately. Take my information, learn from what I learned and apply that to your life. So that's like the great part of working either with a mentor or, or using, you know, reading books or reading material and learning through material um, from folks that have a lot of experience. And then, of course, that last sort of process that I talk about in the book is the output or the delivery, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, yeah. that can't be raw. We are, um, you know, we're taking great care. We need to take great care of the people that are coming to sit with us. They may be in varying states of grief and loss. They may just want to have an experience, but there's value to them in what we are saying. And so we have this, you know, like I think of it as the idea of like a duty of care to be helpful to people, to not harm people, to be able to say what spirit wants you to say without distorting it based on your own personality, but rather, you know, you transmit what you've deciphered from spirit in knowing that it's useful information, it's truthful, and it's kind. Yes, that is the most important thing. And and I love that you're a spiritual educator that has that same value, because I do the same thing. It's so important and how we interact with people um, to any extent. It doesn't matter what we do for a living or how, or if we're even working in the moment, it's how we are exchanging those experiences with people that matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can go very wrong when, when you're not in delivery of it, right? Like it could be something, you know, lost in translation, let's say, where it's coming through those, per- that, those belief systems that that person holds, or it's, I'm just getting something I don't know what to do with. So I'm going to spew that out and drop it on you. And then I'm going to let you stew on it and figure out what you think it means. And then I don't know what to do. So bye. <laughs> uh, that's right. That happens all the time, as you know, right? Like you, it happens all the time. And so I, I always try to take great care, both, you know, in the workshops that I'm teaching or from working with groups or in my writing, um, to cover those things off, you know, to, to understand the power of that and that you have a responsibility. Certainly, if you want to become a professional in this work, you have a responsibility to hone that skill. And I think that I think people want to, and I see a lot of it and it's wonderful. And then every so often, you know, it just didn't really occur to someone or their level of education and mediumship kind of was lacking slightly. Um you know, which is also part of the the motivation behind the book is to reach beyond the people that actually can connect with me, um, yeah. you know, to, to, to folks anywhere, not just geographically, but you know, that can't be a part of a, a workshop or, or a circle that's going on or an event for that matter. Um, so I, I love that. I mean, my first book, I, over the years, I've received correspondence from like, literally around the globe. Uh, I remember having an email from someone who was sitting on a beach in Portugal reading my book talking about how, you know, when they read about what I said about loss, my own experience of loss, um, that they resonated so deeply with it and felt like they knew me from, you know, halfway across the world. And, And I think that that's important because we, you know, there's this illusion that we're all separated. And while we have, you know, may have geographic separation in some way, we're all connected and mm-hmm. and on, at the base of all you know of who we are we're all exactly the same and, and so it's really nice to connect with people um at that level and i hope that i hope that book too does the same um you know and and i talk too in the book about how um there are a lot of fears that come into play as a medium right mm-hmm. uh, in early mediumship or before you're you know before you've established yourself or before you're confident like or in, you know solidly confident in whatever it is that you're doing um with spirit but i talk about that because um you know mediumship is a bit of a different bird in comparison to other metaphysical type work and and the mm-hmm. difference is 
that it is, you know, the quality of your work is based on immediate, real-time, verifiable data. Yes, it is. Right? And yeah. that's why it can be frightening to people who learn mediumship <laughs> because they think, oh my gosh, I can just, just be flat wrong, right? Where, yes. you know, other modalities, we may be dealing with, you know, futuristic possibilities and probabilities. We may be working with someone's energy. Um, not necessarily something that, it, you know, we can write it down and make some make a statistical analysis on accuracy, but that is the case in mediumship. And so yes. for that very reason, it takes so much courage to do this work, right? Mm -hmm. And then to do it professionally, even more. And so I talk, I mean, my book is like a pep talk for, you know, the those brave souls that have the ability or the gift, however we want to name it, and want to share it and want to share it for the purposes of one service and two, listening to the call of their own soul, because we're here for our own journeys and to help other people. We're, We're all important. So I, I do talk about that because I think it's important. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you because it does take courage to show up and to put yourself out there and be that medium between the spirit person and the physical body person that's there. Um, it's something that I've heard, and I don't know if you've heard this, I'm sure you have, that a lot of people that are doing this professionally have wanted to veer away from it, or they'll say, I'm psychic, but I'm not a medium, but they're receiving medium information, but they don't want it to be validated or evidential based on that in case they're wrong. So what you're saying is so true. And it can happen to people who, you know, I've spoke to someone who's been in the practice for 35 years, and she still will deny that she's a medium, even though she's getting the validating evidence through the messaging that she's connecting to that soul. Um, but she doesn't want to label herself that way in case she's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's very synchronistic. I was just teaching a class and we just had this conversation where, you know, my wisdom for the students, for this very reason that you're bringing up my wisdom for the students, as they begin their journey into mediumship, and in some cases just continue it, they've been in it for some time. Um, is initially don't blend or merge two things that you do. Okay. So if you're very good and experienced in one thing, what I found in mentoring students for the last 10 years is a lot of folks will bring the new modality. So thinking about being a student medium or learning mediumship or dabbling in it, or perhaps having experienced it your whole life, but never really developed it. Okay. What they tend to do is bring that into the moment or experience of doing the work that they're very, very confident with. And that may be psychic work and maybe energy healing or, you know, psychic investigating or whatever that might be. Um, And I always say to students, don't do that um, when you are first learning a practice, because what happens is in doing so, you dilute that practice by combining it with the other thing that you're really confident with. And the reason it's diluted, one, because it's not a full experience, you would, as you said, Amber, you would deflect and move from mediumship to your psychic practice or whatever that was that you were doing. If something Mm -hmm. didn't go right, you'd feel like you had this safety net of the practice that you're really good at, and you're really confident at. And all that does is um, one, dilute the experience of mediumship, But also, it allows you to continue to operate from a fear space. We say, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm doing this because I'm afraid to go solo at this bit. But keeping the practices separate and whole in and of themselves is the only way 
that you can get significantly better at that one thing that's new to you. Um, And that's why this courage and bravery conversation has to come up because um, the only way to do that is to be vulnerable, you know, Mm -hmm. but there are ways as students to be safely vulnerable. And that's, you know, that dedication to learning as a medium or like any other vocation or practice or profession, um, you know, you have to have respect for it. You have Mm -hmm. to put in whatever time is needed for you. And there are some like objective measurements or metrics that we can use to say, okay, I think I, you know, I've done it and enough that I'm proving to be consistently accurate above this percentage. I'm consistently powerful in my messaging. Um, it's not taking me long. It's not difficult for me to maintain a connection for some duration of time, whatever that is. There are these metrics that, that can show us that we're where that we we're where we need to be. And I talk about that in the book as well. But um, that part about keeping the integrity of of mediumship the way that it is, you know, if you are really really good at it, you get really proficient at it. Um, you know, you're feeling confident in it. And there's this other practice that you're also very good at it, good at, then merge those things, make it your own, you know, make your own life, but Mm -hmm. whatever works for you, but we should avoid that dilution of practice at the beginning when the motivation behind even doing that is fear and trying to recover if something doesn't go right. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. You know, we're all here to learn what it is that we need to uh, either learn or experience here in the physical world. Um, but it is true that it can be somewhat of a commonality that you could meet or see mediumship demonstrations that are blended with spiritual or um, psychic demonstrations, or if, you know, spirit people aren't strong enough, then the medium may default to a psychic reading. And as I said, if that's part of the, what works for them and that's of the service that they're here to bring, then that's wonderful. If someone really wants to do mediumship in and of, of itself, practice it on its own only. Yes, I agree. I think that's important. It's or don't do it at all because that's a choice too. We don't all we don't all have to be mediums. That's right. It's true. We don't all have to do that. And you can still be in in touch with your abilities without having to use it in that way. And yeah, that is a very important message because you know, just just like anything, if I wanted to be a professional football player, I'm going to have to, you know, work those muscles that are going to help me develop the ability to be a professional football player. So it's really no different if we're committed to learning something that we have to exercise them. Um, You know, it's interesting. Do you, you also have the um, school of mediumship studies, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and so you offer these types of courses for people who are able to get into your space and, and to learn this as well. So I just wanted yeah. to mention that and see if that was something that aligned to this conversation in case people are saying, you know what, I really want to be in Marianne's space. And how can I do that without, you know, I'm going to buy her book, but I also want to be in something that's more hands-on. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, what I'm sure the same is is true for you, Amber, and lots of, you know, lots of everyone, not just psychics and mediums, but um, we've, you know, we made our departure from bricks and mortar in 2020. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Um, So I do like I teach remotely. So all of the student circles and workshops that I, you know, uh, facilitate are through Zoom. Um, They are always limited um, because I, I, my philosophy is that you know, it has to be worth my time and your time at the same time. And so that means that quantity is not what I'm interested in. It's always going to be about quality when it comes to teaching. So I like to keep the circles that I do teach um, 
you know, because I can't do them all the time. So when I do them, um, it's a select group, but, um, but I think that's important because I think that the most concentrated learning, um, happens when we have, you know, touch time with each other. Yes. I agree. I agree. And it's nice because with you offering these books that you're creating, people are able to have that reinforced in all the different ways. I find like it's great to be in a course. It's great to have a book. It's great to listen to the podcast. All of these different things keep reinforcing that for people. So I think it's like getting it from the whole experience. Um, I'm interested to know if there was something that happened over the course of the time from the moment you made your first book to the moment you decided to start creating your second book. Was there that pivotal moment where you were like, this is going in the book. This is why I'm writing the book. I am inspired by this. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, So many of those moments. So many, (laughs) so many, because I teach you know, I teach a lot. I, I sit with, I have, I sit with clients a lot and I teach a lot, you know, those are, that's my professional week. That's what I do every week. Um, and so because I'm teaching people all the time there, you know, at some point you say to yourself, well, that's 10 times I've said this exact thing in two weeks. So (laughs) that has to get written down. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So, so many of those. And then, you know, over the years, it's just, I've had so many students I've worked with that have become professionals. And um, being able to see their joy in, you know, becoming a version of themselves that they've wanted to be for so long, but weren't, you know, under any illusion that we, you know, wake up one day and are that there are processes in life that we move through. And so, you know, in some of those folks, their dream was to be able to share their gift in like a very public way and to, to be able to see them over the years, you know, it helps, you know, look at someone's new website and now they're a professional and they are of service. It's, it's just, it's so incredibly rewarding. Um, and in the book, actually, I talk about full circle and the full circle for me, which, you know, it might be hard for people to believe this, but this has happened so many, like I can't even count how many times um, where I will be full circle with someone and the full circle begins when they're a client of mine and they're with me because they've lost someone. Yeah. And then, and they begin there mm-hmm. and then they take a one day workshop and then they take a weekend workshop and then they do self-study and then they're in development circles. And then, you know, a year and a half later, two years later, they are doing this work never once in their life. Did they ever think that they would land here, but to be with someone full circle from loss to service and that loss and that service are related to each other. It's unbelievable. It's it's so incredible to bear witness to that. And so, you know, that was also part of the inspiration behind my book was that it's so rewarding, like for them to experience, you know, that strange twist of fate. And then it's just so brilliant to watch it from the outside and then be involved in it in some way is just like extra. Um, And so, you know, the book really focuses on, you know, that period of time where one, you're ready to up your mediumship. So your level of service, your level of accuracy, what you can do within a setting, how long you can hold the power, how you can navigate through spirit people from spirit people to spirit people, um, you know, and, and you're ready to like make that step to either become an advanced student or to become a professional, this, this book is for those folks that are, that are there 
because that moment in time is so powerful. I've seen so many students along the way that at that moment in time, they bail. Yes. Right. Because they're under the umbrella of studentship. So it's, it's a safe setting. Um, There's no exchange of value. Um, You can be totally wrong. And there's a teacher there to help you navigate through it. And the person that you're reading for knows that you're a student. So there's no expectation. And so that moment is so powerful. You can lose it on the journey if the fear gets the best of you. And so this guide was so needed for me to put together to help you stay, stay the course. Here's what can happen. Here's how we can get through it. And here's what's on the other side. It's so, so valuable. That information just can be life-changing because you're right. They get to a certain spot and somebody might be paralyzed by that fear and say, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do this. I don't know. And then even start questioning everything that they've learned so far. Like, did I really get that? Was I just lucky? You know, you hear all of those things that somebody can start talking themselves out and, you know, really reinforce their limitations or the belief of their limitations in that moment when maybe they're not even, they're not even actually helping in a good way, right? Like those, their limitations aren't true. They're their perception of it, right? So (laughs) it's such an important conversation because it is about supporting somebody after and through those moments. And when we have people like you that are able to step up and say, listen, I've been there. I've probably (laughs) felt all the feels all at the same time at one point or another. I know what you may be coming up against. I know where you are in your journey and I I've done it. I can show you how, and I'm here for you. And I think just having that is so much value to so many people. And like you say, having somebody on the beach, reading your book in a different country and you're touching people today or tomorrow or a year from now or 25 years from now, the value is going to continue to spread. It's going to continue to say, you know what? I read this book. You have to read this book. Like you've got to continue to spread the message even when you're just sleeping at home. So I love that about you writing your books because it just is going to keep happening. The momentum is there. (laughs) Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. And do you have, I don't know if this is allowed to be asked yet, but do you have any aspirations for another book? Yes, for sure. We uh, we're, we are talking about it already. Um, you know, another part of my life, I know we won't <clears throat> spend too much time on it because we're almost done, but um, I do, you know, I have a show, Ghosts of Different County and Beyond. So we filmed three se- seasons of that. And then we do special episodes here and there. But um, yeah, so there there is a project about those experiences um, of those sort of interesting investigations and things that have gone bump in the night and what all those things mean. And um good stories. I, I've always, you know, in book one and book two, I was encouraged from a number of, um, you know, inspiration uh, contributors in my life, which usually is family and friends. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> um, but lots of that, uh, lots of encouragement of including stories um, of readings and, you know, how this amazingly accurate thing happened. And, you know, and those things like they happen all the time. And, um, and, you know, talking about people's journeys and, um, you know, just stories of, of readings, like you could write, I could, I mean, all of us, you could, we could all write books and books of these stories. And um, I've never wanted to, I've never wanted to. And I'll tell you, because, um, you know, I've read books too, by other mediums. And, and, and when you do this work, and it's part of your life every day, there is, there is not a lot of uh, things that are interesting, um, 
in the way that it, it's like good enough for me to read about, you know, when I read other right. people's stories about readings, it's like, yeah, I had that exact same experience yesterday and the day before and the day before that. And so, <laughs> yes. you know, so it's not, I, I, you know, I think when we write stories about the other side and readings that they've got to be tailored to folks that aren't mediums. And I think that there's a lot of value in that. But the thing is, is that both of my books are written for students of mediumship. So I've never really, like I include anecdotal experiences as a medium, because that's important for you to learn from. Um, but I don't tell stories and stories upon stories of readings and, and other side experiences and those types of things, because that's not, you know, it's not new for any of us who work with the spirit world. But there is a possibility. I like the idea of sharing those stories because they're hugely powerful for, for folks that don't have firsthand experience to hear mm. about those stories. So that may be another project, but it won't be geared toward learners. It'll just be um, geared to those who have an interest in understanding the spirit world and how mediums engage with it and you know how we their lives in the spirit you know, intersect our lives in the living. Oh, I love that. So just another thing to look out for from you. I'm interested in anything that you're going to produce. So... <laughs> So that'll be something to look forward to. But in the meantime, it is the opportunity that you have now to get Mary Ann's newest book, Advanced Mediumship. So how can they get their own copy? Perfect. Yep. So Advanced Mediumship is available through all major book retailers. Um, and that includes Amazon. And um yeah, that that's that's the best way to get it. So you can you could Google that and find a retailer near you or have it uh, shipped over to you wherever you are. Perfect, perfect. And I will put all of your contact information in the show notes. So if any of you are looking to connect with Mary Ann or find out more information about her services, you will be able to find that in the show notes. And I just want to thank you again so very much for coming on today and to talking to me about all of this. It's so exciting and so inspirational. And I hope you continue to share your gift and your and your teaching ability for years and years and years to come because it's so valuable to so many people, even if they don't know it yet. <laughs> thank you so much, you might Amber. Be so early in this in the position that they're not sure where they're going, but it, it is so valuable. <laughs> Thank you so much. Love talking to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You just listened to Mind Body Clarity with Amber Price. Please head over to www.amber-price.com to check out more information. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share or rate it. See you next time.